like, hey, man, I only got about $86,000 saved up. Is that a lot? And so he just kind of laughed and was like, yeah, you're doing a lot better than, 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 than most than most folks are. And I was like, OK, I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm on track. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. How do I do that? Like I said, I, I house hack. My living expense was four hundred dollars for five straight years. And every time I got like a pay raise, I did not change my living expense one bit. I, every pay raise I got was I just put more money into my automatic investments. Welcome back to House Risk, the Millennial Real Estate Show. We talk to average people that have done above average things in real estate. So today we're going to learn about my personal home ownership journey, how I used the handout to build my to buy my first property, how it helped me immensely, and how I house hack single family properties without my roommate even knowing it. So it's a pretty cool story. So uh, I'm also going to talk about some things that I did not realize when I purchased my first home that may help you as well. They're kind of random, but uh, you may run into them as well. So. Yes, I purchased my first home at 21, right out of college. So how did I do it? So I was I went to the United States Naval Academy for college. So it's free, aka paid by the US taxpayer. So appreciate y'all there. And uh, all you have to do is serve at least five years in the military after college and uh, everything's good to go. And so I didn't. So I guess you're, you're kind of told where you're going to live when it's in the military. You got to get to pick your ship for the most part. But I, I'm, I found out I was going to go be on a ship in Norfolk, Virginia. So there we go. That's where I was going to be living for the next at least two to three years. And so my parents highly suggested that I buy a property. I was like, OK, that kind of that kind of makes sense. And it made sense to me because I was like, I'm going to be having a living expense no matter what. You know, why not rent from yourself, you know, a.k.a buy a property. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I had no clue in hindsight how the process even works. It's one of the reasons I actually became a loan officer because I was like, hey, if I could do just a smidgen, a, a dot, a drop, a dollar of a drop of education, I could kind of build some traction in this industry because I don't even know, I have no clue what happened when I purchased my first home at, at all. Um, I got no education or anything as far as that process. And so, so I started looking for for homes. I went down there with a friend in the Norfolk area and just started looking for homes. And I was like, I kind of had an idea of what type of property I want to get. I knew I was going to be, oh, well, I was in the military. So I was like, hey, I want to get a property that's easily maintainable because I'm going to be, you know, on the high seas every now and then on deployments. So I don't want to be dealing with a, a yard and having to cut grass and all this other stuff when I'm, you know, going to be gone for at least for these six month patches. And so honestly, whether you're in the military or not, I think that's a very smart move. Our first time home buyer is getting a place that's easily maintainable. Or if you're just somebody that travels a lot, to me, a condo or a townhome is the way to go. And it's a lot less expensive. And I'll get into that a little bit later in this episode as well. So and I kind of stumbled into this um, scenario, but I ended up finding a property. It was a, a what do you call it, a condo. And so I kind of knew I wanted to get a two bedroom property. I never, I, I had no visions of renting out, but I was like, I think people want to live in two bedroom properties because you can at least, even if you're a single guy or gal, you can at least maybe turn the other one into a home office or do something like that. And so I knew I wanted to get a two person property. And so I ended up finding a, a two family property that we felt that I fell in love with. It was a it was a brand new construction property. So here comes the process where it's time to get. I guess I got pre qualified, purchase a home, and all that. And so. I have no details for you on what happened during this process. I just know that I signed a contract and I guess 30 days later, I own the property. Like I do not remember a single thing from the home buying process. It was just me signing documents. But in hindsight, after purchasing another property, I was like, hey, I probably needed some money 
for that down payment, didn't I? And so, yeah, my parents helped me with the down payment on that first property. I don't know if it was FHA. Oh, I guess it had to be. Oh, yeah, I don't know if it was conventional FHA or 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 what or even what the down payment was. But um, my parents were like, yeah, that was kind of a gift for you know getting into into college for for free. So I guess you know do some do some good work in high school, get into a uh, a good school, um, get a scholarship, or join the military or whatever, and I have your college paid for free and. Your parents may be able to help you out with something else down the line if they're going to help you out with college or um, or you can do the same thing for your your kids as well. So let's talk about getting into this property, um, finding a, a roommate, et cetera. And so I found a roommate who actually was on the same ship as me. So we had the exact, essentially the exact same schedule, you know, being gone and all this. Um, it was great, great having somebody that was in the military because, you know, they're going to get, you know, paid, solid pay. You actually know what they make for pay. And so. I didn't really, I wasn't really like friends with this person. It was just kind of like an acquaintance. And so we're on the same ship and I was like, hey, you should rent this property that I'm in. And so I never specified that I own the property. And that was something that my parents told me as well. So they passed down money, but also the knowledge, which was the most important part of this equation. And so they were just like, hey, just tell him the property is for rent and he can be your roommate. Cause you're not lying, it is for rent. We just don't know who was renting. And so everybody thinking, you know, how did he not know who owned the property? And so. You can get yourself a property manager. So in my situation, my property manager was my parents on paper. I mean, I was a property manager in real life, but on paper, my parents were the property manager. And the reason for that was it helped a couple of things. So, you know, we're in the same age. So don't want to be a situation where the person potentially is like jealous because you now I own this property and they just like, hey, I want to you know move out or I don't want to be paying somebody my own age rent. It just stop, helps with just random drama and stuff in the place. And, you know, you know, hey, I'm going to be late on the rent or just just financial issues. They're, they're less likely to try to buck at a third party than they are you, uh, somebody in the same age bracket. And so how the process worked was best they signed some paper, he signed some paperwork with the uh, property management company that was my parents and would just, you know, mail, you know, rent off to them whenever it was due and they take the rent and just put it right into my, my bank accounts. I wasn't paying them for any any sort of service. So I don't know if you got a relationship like that with your parents where you're, where you're certain that, that somebody can give them money and they'll just put it into your bank account. But that was luckily the situation I had there. And so when it came to fix stuff, they would let them know. And I would just be like, I will just volunteer to fix it in, in, the, in the property. And so that's another key about having a, a new property is that you don't want a property where there's gonna be a bunch of stuff you have to fix if you're not like a handyman or gal. I think in five years there, I had to maybe fix, change like a light bulb or something like that. Like I don't genuinely remember fixing anything in five years in that property. I think there was an issue. Oh, so there was an issue. I think the the washing machines, because we got a refurbished washing machine. So the, or the dryer, the, the heat part of the dryer failed at one point. So I had to get a new um, washing machine. But once again, I just paid for it. They delivered it. I mean, they don't know who, that my roommate didn't know who actually bought the washing machine. And so that was cool. Like I said, I was in that property with that roommate for five years. I mean, that's something easily you can do or, or choose not to do. I like I, said, I did it because we were in the exact same unit. And so it was a little bit too familiar. I mean, if you're in the same, um, if you're in a multifamily property, I mean, you can choose to let them know who owns it or not. You can have a property management company, but also if you're in the unit, you might as well save yourself. Or if you're in the same building, you might as well save yourself 10% and just you know, fix the stuff yourself. Let folks know that you're a person. So let folks know you're a person. Also, also they'll probably be a little bit more careful with stuff if they know literally the landlord is like, you know, upstairs or downstairs um, or something like that. And so um, as far as like coming up with the rent, 
how to use any rule of thumb. I mean, you'll see all these spreadsheets and stuff online. Need to figure out uh, this is the formula, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, the mortgage is like $13.85. $9.35 seems a good number for him to pay. You know, it's, I, I tell the story. I never do the math of what the percentage is, but I'm like, I don't know. It seems like it's about 90% of, or not 90%, 70% of the mortgage. That's cool for me. So basically, I'm paying $400 or something like that to, to live in this condo that is like on the beach. I mean, it's, it's Norfolk, but I mean, there's literally the road here. There's and there was there was no road between the uh, my unit and the the beach. I mean, it was probably like a three four four five minute minute walk because there was like my condo, and then there were a couple of condos behind it, and there's like the the beach, maybe a three minute walk. And so, and also, you don't really want to be getting in the water in Norfolk. It ain't like a South Beach or nothing like that. But it was a beachside condo, you know, nice views, sand. And so, I was paying four hundred dollars living there. He was paying nine thirty five or something like that to live there. So to me, it was a it was a win-win for both scenarios. And so just that, um, just that, that my parents helped me buy that first property. And so I, like I said, I had a $400 living expense for five straight years in my, my early twenties, which helped me get off to a great start. So, you know, to me, it's my obligation to pass it on to the, to the, my next, not next of kin, but to, uh, I guess you can tell I have kids. I'm thinking offspring. Kids is the word um, that I want to pass that, that off to. And so, man, and, and I'll tell you this, I remember like uh, this is about year four or five. I remember going back to D.C. to talk to a financial advisor. Then my, my parents told me to get a financial advisor when I first started this. And so I was just I don't really know what I was doing, but I was just investing money. And I remember when I was like 25, um, I remember the, the number because I remember the, the financial advisor kind of laughing. And I was like, hey, man, I got I only got about 86. This is a 26. I was like, hey, man, I only got about eighty six thousand dollars saved up. Is that a lot? And so he just kind of laughed and was like, "Yeah, you're doing a lot better than than, than most than most folks are." And I was like, "Okay, I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm on track. I don't, I don't know." Um, yeah, how did I do that? Like I said, I, I house hacked. My living expense was four hundred dollars for five straight years, and every time I got like a pay raise, I did not change my living expense one bit. I, every pay raise I got was I just put more money into my automatic investments. That, that's all I did for five years straight to get to that number. And so, like, um, like I said, I know in, when you're in your early 20s, it's not, I'm not saying don't have fun or enjoy this or that, but the 30 year old you will, will thank you so much if you just kind of stay down for a couple of years in your early 20s. No one's saying from 20 to 29 or 30, just live like a hermit, don't spend money, but man, sacrifice four or five years. Like, it, you'll, you'll be so happy that you did so in the future. Um, this is the future me talking to the, this is the present me talking to the present me uh, telling you that. So it, it it was such a, like, it's how we've been able to do everything I've been able to do. Like, I, I don't have, um, like when I purchase stuff now, like I don't really have a second thought. I'm like, hey, I have the experience of purchasing that first home, second home, third home. I know what happened. And honestly, if the, if the literally the roof caves in, you know, I got some money to, to take care of that. Like I said, I'm not like one of these people that are doing all these spreadsheets and all this. I just, say, hey, what's the rent going to be? What's the mortgage going to be? Do those numbers work? Okay, it's, it's cool for me. I don't got no spreadsheets or anything um, when I when I do um, my analysis there. Just buying, I literally just bought condos, condos, condos that are easily rentable. It's kind of the, the moves I made as far as my financial journey. So let's talk about some of the random things that I did not realize when I first bought a home. One was just like, what direction the sun is coming in? It may seem like an innocuous thing like that, but being, like having your, uh, your main room, like face being directly 
in the light of the sun for the majority of the day, that can do a couple of things. It could kill your energy bill because um, you just have room. You have to make two choices. Like, do I want to have this room where this, I'm just being baked by the sun? Or do I want to just have this room where I'm just like a shut-in, I have the, the blinds closed all day? Uh, there's really something to think about. And that seems like a big deal now. Or just when you're outside, like um, in the home I'm in right now, I kind of knew this. Um, it was just gonna, I really like the home and where what was across to it, which was basically a big open uh, green belt or open space. So it's kind of like a small sacrifice. But basically the way the sun falls in this house, like on the side of my house, there's literally like no no sunlight. So it just became like a, uh, you can't grow grass, you can't grow anything. It just became like a mud, a mud, uh, a mud pit over there. And so I ended up doing kind of like a home DIY thing with some some rocks and stones. So it looks, looks pretty, pretty cool, I think. So I did it myself, but that's something to think about as well. Two. When I purchased this this first new home, it's a brand new spike home, but it was not wired for for uh, internet or cable or anything like that. So I had to end up getting like literally had to. It took me like maybe like three or four weeks, which is an eternity when you're in your twenties because you don't got no cable or internet. Um, trying to get you know cable drilled through the wall um, to or internet drilled through the wall, so I got internet and cable as well. And I had like the the, I don't know if you've seen that in an apartment, like those thin wires that you can put under the windowsill and close the windowsill. That was kind of a situation there. But that's something I, I definitely would, <laughs> would have looked at when I'm getting a new property because that's something that's super important when you're, you're, you're selling. So like you just don't want to buy a place that's not wired for cable or internet, but I got, got everything uh, fixed up um, there. And then also too, like I said, this was a four unit um, condo. And so I was one of the first ones to move in. But something to think about as well is like, hey, what does this unit sound like when someone's upstairs? So we have the ability, like go upstairs, have you know someone downstairs or vice versa, and just jump around and see what it sounds like in the in the apartment. Cause you don't want to get into a place where like the um you know the the floors are real thin, because you may say you can play into the H way, but what are they gonna do? So somebody stop walking loudly. I mean, it's, really, it's, it's nothing you can do about just a loud upstairs neighbor. It just kind of is what it is. And on that same note, do the same thing when you're um, with with noise. So one thing I do now is like, I'll bring my, uh, when I go to place, I'll bring my iPod and I'll bring my, my speaker and I'll just play the music super loud just to see what the loudest that the music um, could be in the in the in the prop not to to an extent like I'm not like it's not like a rock concert but anything like that and then so I've, I've done that and then um, so I did that to on like mild mildly high high noise just to see what it sounds like outside and then um also another thing I did was um once I actually moved in I actually I actually did the same thing and just kind of let my neighbor hear because I was like I'll just, I just be honest I was like hey um you know I, I like to play my music in the shower but I don't want to wake you up especially in the morning at 6 a.m so I'm just like hey this how this is the decibel I'm going to play my, my music. Can you hear it? Can you not hear it? And so they couldn't hear it. So I was like, it, it was all good. But you don't want to be in a situation where your neighbors hate you and you don't even know it because you're playing music that you think is not too loud. Um, but it is actually loud because you got you got thin walls. So that was a, a big um, bonus for me. Uh, I don't know what number one, but you know, your mortgage payment is pretty much always going to go up. Even if you're in a place where it's like, you know, the taxes are, are fixed, um, you know, your insurance is going to go up because hopefully your home is appreciating. So Insurance for some reason just costs costs more um, for whatever reason. Um, I guess you know the rebuild costs and all that. But your insurance is always going to go up. And if you're in a place where the taxes are not fixed, your taxes are going to go up as as well. And then um, oh number the last one, last but not least, is if there's like a natural disaster where, where you live or you have some um, something needs to be fixed. Make sure you always go through your insurance. So like done me um, being in my uh, 21, 22. 
like I said, I lived kind of on the, on the beach. There was like this huge flood, like a huge, huge flood. Like the water was like waist high outside. I remember wading through this waist high water because I lived on a um, peninsula. Yeah, peninsula. And so I was like, man, yuck, I want to clean this. I think I'm going to clean this up my, myself. And so I was like, huh. I went down there and I was trying to clean stuff. It was kind of like muddy. But I was, as you clean more, I was like, oh, look, this is a mud. This is it's sewage. Ugh. And so I just called up like um, a company I saw on TV and they came out and, you know, gave an estimate. And they were like, OK, we'll be out there in a couple of days. And I was like, OK, sound, sounds good. Because um, like I said, I've been saving like money um, up for a situation like this. I was like, OK, I got the money to, to clean it. It's all good. And so I was like, huh. I called my parents and was like, hey, this is the situation. And they were like, they didn't say call me a buzzer, but like, no, you need to go through your insurance. And most, more importantly, go through the HOA to figure out, you know, what they're going to do to get this fixed. Because you have like a group policy when you're in uh, a condo. And so that's another thing in a condo. So you pay HOA fees and all that. But typically, you're going to be, you're less likely to have a big, a huge expense. So like, if you think about if you're in a, a single family home yourself and the roof gets old or something that happens, it may call, take you $10,000, $15,000 to get a new roof. When you're in a condo and like this, this unit was shared by by four um, other other people in this this unit. So it's one roof divided by four, sorta. Of. But there are actually three condos. I think there's like 20 units uh, between between the all. So you got you know you three roofs divided by by 20. It's really the really the expense. So it's a little bit less of a a burden when it comes to um, comes comes to big expenses and like capital expenditures that you see people. Um, talk about online where it's like, oh, I didn't save for this debt. They, they, they're still there, but they're a lot less when you're in a condo because there's, you know, typically like a group policy going on there. And so, um, yeah, that's it. I have something else. I wrote Sandport. I can't exactly read what that means, but if Sandport means anything to you, watch out for Sandport as well. So, yeah, we appreciate you all listening this long. Um, please leave review whatever you listen on Apple, Spotify, Podcast, Castpart, whatever, whatever app you listen to. Leave a response or leave a leave a review that really helps me get the word out to other people, so I can kind of spread the good word to folks like you that appreciate um, tips on home ownership. So thank you, and so we meet again. Oh, also, if you like solo episodes, uh, let me know. I don't know, if folks, like the solo episodes better, the guest episodes, or just a mix and match of either of those. But let me know that as well. So um. Thanks to